Brick and Mortar Reporter, Episode 59, where we talk about turning samplers into buyers. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we show you how to build your business brick by brick. Put on your hard hat and grab your tool belt because you are about to enter the construction zone. And now, here's your host, Christy Hostler. Hi there, localists. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast. My name is Christy, and as always, I'm your host today. And today we have another update. I wanted to give you um, the latest update on my launch and what I'm doing with my business, Cryopop. So last week, um, I gave you an update after kind of our soft launch, so to speak. And it was one weekend where we were able to take our product out and actually get it out into the marketplace down at Mallory Square. Now, for those of you that might have missed uh, the beginning of my story, if you go back and listen in the podcast to um, the Quit Your Job and Move to Key West, I think I did it in four parts, but all of those kind of tell the story leading up to where we are today. So it'll give you all the background. And um, I also wanted to just stop and thank those of you that have actually been listening to my journey or have in some way found it interesting or maybe helpful or enlightening, (laughs) whatever you, uh, I'm getting, you know, different kind of comments and people are, um, you know, letting me know that they're listening and letting me know that they're, they're following along in what I'm doing and where I am. So I wanted to thank you for that because, um, you know, just having people interested in what you're putting out there is a very, um, it's a humbling thing, honestly, and because we always think, none of us think we ever have an interesting story to tell, so I'm putting mine out there and telling it as it's going along just because um, I I definitely need some help. I need some feedback. I need some uh, people maybe that have great ideas that are listening to this that can also come in and say, hey, have you tried this? Have you thought about that? And I am completely open to that. So the week after our, we had our soft launch um, a week ago. And I went back down to Mallory Square on, I believe it was Monday night after the weekend. And it was a slow night. I mean, barely breaking even kind of night. And it wasn't that the weather was bad or anything like that. It was just there was very, very few people there. And so it's whenever it's one of those nights, it was slow for everyone. It wasn't just slow for me. So that's whenever I look at those nights and I realize that it's not just me that had a slow night, but it's the conch fritter guy. The pineapple lady wasn't even there. It was so slow. Um, And every other vendor that I talked to said it was a slow night. I can't take that personally because if my product performed just like everyone else's when it's dead, then, you know, that's, that's expected. But the rest of the week, Tuesday, Wednesday, And Thursday night, we had monsoon-like rain. And when I'm talking about monsoon-like rain, I am talking about flooding, streets flooding, um, three days of almost solid rain and not seeing the sunshine. We had a low-pressure system that was over the Yucatan Peninsula that just kept churning up and sitting on top of us and spinning and churned up a lot of rain. So those days, it doesn't even matter 
I mean, the fact that it's raining is one thing. No one's going to go out to see a sunset when it rains. But the, the point is, there is no sunset on those nights. So it doesn't even pay to go in and take a chance that there might be a break in the weather because by the time I drive into Key West and spend the money and time doing that, just to sit there when it's downpouring. And even if it does break briefly, there's not enough of a crowd to justify going down there. So Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, I was unable to go. And then Friday and Saturday nights were parts of, um, in, in the middle of what we have, our Fantasy Fest um, celebration. And it's a yearly thing, and it's a crazy time in Key West. And what happens on those nights is the street, you know, Mallory Square is kind of in the center of the tourist district in the business district downtown in Key West. And so what happens is for those events on Friday night and Saturday night, they have huge parades. And what happens is the roads get blocked off. So if you come down to Mallory Square in time to get into the square before they barricade the roads and block them off, then you have to wait there to leave until after the streets are all clear and the police come back and remove the barricades. So the people that went were um, stuck there until like one o'clock in the morning. Now, some people had already pulled me aside ahead of time and said, um, you know, they knew I come a long way. I come in from Big Pine Key, which is 30 miles outside of Key West, to uh, sell every night. And then at the same time, um, they also know that I have a vehicle and a trailer that I bring in. Um, so it's not like I can just ride up on a bicycle like some vendors do. Some vendors have bicycles. Some other vendors um, come in on scooters. And so those are sometimes able to take to the sidewalks or whatever. Well, I can't do that in my vehicle. So they had warned me ahead of time, don't even worry about wasting your time on Friday night or Saturday night. So I did not go those nights. I had planned on not going, although the weather had finally started to clear on Friday morning, and we finally had a little bit of sunshine peek through, and the rain went away on Friday afternoon, had it not been for those events downtown where the roads were blocked off, and truly the people that went um, said the crowds were sparse, and at the same time, they were stuck in there and could not leave until about one o'clock in the morning, so um, glad I did not go for that. So then that brings us up to um, Sunday night, which Sunday night was the first night Kind of after Fantasy Fest, um, a lot of people are still in town um, for this time of year. And it's kind of interesting, though, for those of you that don't know, I mean, Fantasy Fest is crazy. It was started, I want to say, back in like 1979. Um, Key West realized that it had a problem and it had a dead tourist season in September and October. And so they created, a group of people got together and created this crazy event. It has a theme every year. And it did exactly what it's supposed to do. It was designed to bring in tourists. And so my hat is off to the people in charge of tourism in Key West for uh, creating something to help businesses survive. Um, they had, you know, so many people in the service industry that weren't making it for two months. And, you know, whenever you're in a historically low-wage job and barely scraping by in a very expensive city, you can't just go two months without any kind of pay. Oh, thank you. I'm getting some Cuban coffee addictions going on down here, so you'll have to excuse me for that. But anyway, so the tourism 
that was created by Fantasy Fest is really a breath of fresh air to all the hotels, the restaurants, of course, the bars. Um, but there's also tons of like costume shops, bike rentals, scooter rentals. I mean, there's so many peripheral businesses that benefit from it. And I think the final count on Saturday night, I actually got to ride on the Grand Marshal's float in the parade. How's that for a first Fantasy Fest? It was crazy. Um, but anyway, it, it was projected about 70,000 people came into town for that event. And let me just say, coming into Key West that night, I saw tour bus after tour bus after tour bus bringing people in. I don't know where they were coming from, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, further on up the Keys. I don't know, but there were hundreds of tour buses. In fact, someone said they were getting their haircut on one of the main, off of one of the main streets early in the day, and the people in that shop were counting the buses, and in a particular hour, the preceding hour, they had had 50 tour buses come by. So anyway, that just gives you an idea of what was going on. But so we have a lot of residual um, tourists still in town. At the same time, Sunday night, there were really, the Fantasy Fest was officially over. There were no more uh, events for Fantasy Fest. At the same time, the weather was beautiful. It was clear. Humidity was just a little bit lower than it normally is, so we didn't feel like we were just constantly perspiring. It was getting to the point where um, the sun was, you could actually see the sunset and people were coming out. So it was a great time and there was um, a good, a decent crowd. You know, a lot of people are not leaving town until today. Some are even staying on through till the middle of the week. So it's a, a really, um, it's, it's a good time to be down there. So I went down last night and um, was by myself and I sold and Here's the thing. I um, During the, the past week, whenever I wasn't able to go, I had to um, work on a couple of things. I got some additional lights that are in the shape of ice cubes. Of course, that's the default ice, you know, for my liquid nitrogen. So I got some of those. I also got some misters. Um, I've got to figure out what containers to put the misters in because it has to meet a certain water level but to help create that, that fog effect. So I got those and then I also was able to get a new sign up and get not, not get it up. I was able to get it ordered. So it probably won't be in until this week. Um, and I'd also told you before I had an issue with the stickers that I had made that say I got smoked at Mallory Square. And I have gotten those remade and I saw yesterday they had been shipped. So they should be here sometime this week. So anyway, um, those are the changes I make. And for my sign, um, I had some people put some eyeballs on it other than myself because I wanted, I really wanted us to try to all look at it from a customer's perspective and even from a customer's perspective not just a um, normal American customer but there's a lot of international tourists and so I wanted to everything to be clear even if there was um, a little bit of a language barrier and you know we'll have that um, no matter no matter what time of year it is because there's always a certain amount of international tourists so I had some other people look at it and from the you know we tried different things with the color scheme um, we tried adding more information um, I put my Visa MasterCard Discover American Express logo on my actual sign so people can clearly see from far away that I accept credit card payments. I also had um, included in my, my sign all of our social media uh, tags, our Facebook, our Twitter, our website, and at the suggestion of a friend of mine who 
owns her own business and really enjoys the branding part of a business, um, she suggested that I create my own custom hashtag. And this is something that anyone can do for your business. But what happens is when you create a custom hashtag, if people upload any type of photographs to social media and tag you at the hashtag that you've chosen, whether it's on Facebook or Twitter, not sure about Instagram. I'm still a little behind the curve on that one yet. But with the, those two main social media sites, what happens is I then can search and can see their pictures, and then I have access to share them on the Cryopop uh, social media site. So it's very important. So our hashtag is Smoked at Mallory. Um, I also, because that's kind of our tagline or our, you know, play on words, getting smoked at Mallory Square, I have included that in my sign as well. So um, I tried to make it very explicit. I put on there that we use liquid nitrogen plus caramel corn, and that equals cryopop, that it's frozen caramel corn. I just tried to be very, very simple. Um, you know, and, and I've said it before, and, and it's, I'm, it's statement is not original with me, but uh, someone said, when you have a choice of being clear or clever, <laughs> always choose clarity first. So I tried to go with that for the sign. Now, after, after those changes I made, I haven't really been able to implement any of them yet. So I was down at Mallory Square last night. Decent crowd. Um, let me tell you what I'm finding and where my struggles are right now. I, on the first night, which is a week ago, Sunday night, that I started giving out samples, I told you I gave away almost 200 samples. And I was getting a great reaction from it. And so... The problem is, you know, those samples cost money. The money is not necessarily in the caramel corn because that's one of the cheaper components of my product. The, co the, the cost comes from the liquid nitrogen. Uh, when I went to get liquid nitrogen last week, it had gone up from 480 a liter to 540 a liter. And I'm sure it's like anything supply and demand with gases and uh, different chemicals. It's going to continue to fluctuate from time to time. As most of you know, most of the time it fluctuates up and never really fluctuates back down. So I'm kind of expecting that to be par for the course as well. So anyway, the cost is in the liquid nitrogen. And so um, what I'm finding out is people love to be entertained by the liquid nitrogen. But that doesn't always make them a buyer. And so last night I went down, and I what I tried to do um, is I tried to time when I was making samples to when I could see either performer shows that were getting ready to end, and there would be a kind of a large influx of people walking by because they just left a show. I would also try to time it in such a way that if I, there was a lot of foot traffic that was heading down the pier, and it would be soon passing in front of my uh, booth, then I wanted them to stop and see and to kind of catch their attention for what I was doing. So I try to be a little more strategic about that. I took, um, I want to say it was less than 200 or right around 200 sample cups with me last night, and I did run out. And it's interesting, though, because now I've got to cross that threshold between making a sampler a buyer. And many times I let the product do that for itself. And, and it does work. I mean, people will take it and they will you know, have a great response to it, a great reaction to it. Um, but for some of them, um, once they've, they've tried it, that's, 
that the experience was the sample experience was enough you know and so I've got to figure out a way to turn those samplers into buyers and that's what that's what I'm going to work on and I think part of that is my own lack of I don't want to say confidence but I'm not I'm not working on closing the sale when I'm there and and that's what I've got to work on so whenever I give people samples I need to say things if you like it you should buy it oh you need more of it and and just implant those seeds so that it's not you know me just giving a sample saying hey enjoy because let's face it I could go broke standing down there giving samples all day and from the reaction I'm getting to my product I really should be getting more sales from it because I'm still getting the wow and wow that is so interesting that is cool and of course my response would be that absolutely it's literally the coolest snack in Key West so I'm getting these great reactions I even had someone stop last night and they had asked me if I had a patent on it which automatically scares me um, because then I'm thinking why <laughs> but uh, you know there there were several comments like that other people you know came by and they talked they wanted to talk about the product the product is a real conversation piece I also had somebody that um, was so excited about seeing the process and she wanted to see it in such a way that she wanted to get like where she could look down into the bowl that I was making it in and so she even asked me you know if she could get there was like a counter on on the front of my booth and she's like can I can I stand on this and I'm like uh, I think so you know so uh, she stood on it so she could get like a bird's eye view of what was going on in the bowl and was just absolutely fascinated so these are the type of reactions which are all great and positive so a couple of things that I'm doing that I need to change in my pitch and my positioning and that's the thing you forget sometimes when you're down there selling something like this you forget that every interaction is a pitch and every interaction is a branding opportunity and so what many people don't understand is what my product is because again I haven't gotten my sign that really clears it out but when I hear them walk by and I hear them reading out loud cryopop cryogenically frozen caramel corn what is that then I'm the one that's you know starting a conversation with them saying it's caramel corn that's been frozen in liquid nitrogen and so um, my new signage will help change that but what I'm also missing is when I explain people when I'm handing out samples and I'm saying it's caramel corn frozen in liquid nitrogen I also need to be branding at that point and I need to be saying this is cryopop it's caramel corn in liquid nitrogen and so um, there's a lot of opportunities for like that that, that you get lost um, and you know if I was if I had employees and they were down running it I would want them branding at every single measure too um, I'm also still working on t-shirts I stopped by the t-shirt place the other day and it looks like I'm gonna need to start with at least 50 um, t-shirts to get the best price on the color and that kind of thing um, and so I mean to be honest that's quite an investment you know that's how hundreds of dollars right there so I've got to I've got to make sure I get it right and get the design right and get everything right with that before I sink you know six to eight hundred dollars in getting t-shirts but what I did notice last night is that people were looking at what I was wearing as if to try to find out more about my business and of course I happen to be wearing I think I was wearing like the kayak shack t-shirt or something from up in Isla Mirada that had a dog on a kayak and I mean you know just the, the typical t-shirts that you have around here so um, 
So I have got to also make sure that my branding and my my outfits reflect my brand. I, I always wear a visor down to sunset because this I'm facing the sun and it helps uh, to get the to keep the sun out of your eyes. Um, I don't prefer wearing sunglasses because I like to be able to see people and make eye contact. And so I wear a visor most of the time. So I also need to make sure that that is reflecting my brand as well. So, I mean, as you can see, I have a lot of work to do with how I'm doing it, uh, what I'm doing. And the thing is, what I have to be encouraged by is that there is still the perception that this is very much the slow season with tourists. Um, granted, even Fantasy Fest, because it brings in a certain type of crowd, um, the drinking, the partying crowd, very few families um, and that sort of thing, they're not really necessarily the target market for Mallory Square. And so many of the vendors, even though Fantasy Fest brings a lot of people into town, there's so many activities that happen every single night of Fantasy Fest to get those people that are already tourists to uh, be there, that they... Um, take them away from Mallory Square, so they don't really count on Fantasy Fest being a huge deal. So, um, so anyway, so I had an okay night last night. Um, I didn't, of course, I did not lose money last night, which was awesome. Uh, we ended up, probably by the time it was all said and done, right about, I think it was like $91 in the positive. So, not terrible for a Sunday night. It's far below what I need to sustain and to live on. So I'm still working to build that. So, and I don't mind sharing those numbers with you. Um, cause I'm just definitely not the kind of thing that I'm expecting to get rich overnight with. I'm willing to put in the work. I'm willing to do what I need to do. At the same time, there's a couple of things that I really, um, I wanted to point out and I don't know if I've mentioned it before on here, but, um, there is the vendor that I, my booth is the closest to, the food vendor that my booth is the closest to down on Mallory Square. Since I have come back with the rebuilt booth that I'm extremely uh, grateful to be able to have because that was truly a gift to have somebody with the skill level that my carpenter had build it for me and only... I only had to pay for the materials. It's absolutely phenomenal and truly a gift. And so what I have found is the person that's the booth closest next to me is um, targeting me and complaining about me and just trying to make my life miserable. I think the first complaint to the peer manager was that I didn't have my license displayed on my new cart. Well, the problem is that I'm so newly licensed that it takes time. Like what happens, the Department of Agriculture comes and inspects you. They give you some temporary paperwork. And then within about 30 days, you get a bill from the Department of Agriculture. And then you have like another 30 days to pay that bill. So it's like your, your licensing fees for the whole year, like the 300 and something dollars or whatever it was. And so, you know, that's like a 60-day process. Well, I didn't even get licensed until um, sometime in September. And so um, I'm, I was just in that process. So I had not even received my licensing permit, my official one from the Department of Agriculture yet. So I can't display something I don't have. And so, you know, the paperwork that I had that was completely legitimate was on file in the office. So my whole thing is as soon as I get my sticker, I will display it on my cart. Until then, the, the I guess the illusion that I had one was on there because my old cart, the person who had it before me, there was like stickers from 2010, 11, 12, 13, and all the way down. So you didn't necessarily notice the lack of sticker 
um, like you did on my new car, but it didn't have a valid sticker for 2014 on it. So that's one complaint. Um, the same guy was complaining about where I located my cart within my section. He thought I needed to move it back some. And we have a, a four by, maybe it's a six by eight foot section that each vendor has to stay within. And my booth is four feet wide and six feet long. It's not a very big booth. Um, and so he was, you know, complaining to the peer manager that I needed to move mine back. Well, these are petty little things. Um, then the next day it was, he was saying that my sample cups were blowing all over the pier. And I did have a few times where the wind came through uh, and blew an empty sample cup out uh, into the crowd. And every time that happened, I got out of my booth and I walked around and picked them up. And like I say, every night I went around and go around and make sure I don't have caramel corn that's stuck on the pier or anything like that to make sure I'm cleaning up. So this is, this is just the kind of targeting that I'm getting because... Um, I don't know if somebody's intimidated by me, and this guy used to be um, kind of uh, friendly towards me or chummy towards me, and um, he's also the one that has the impression that everything down at Mallory Square needs to be related to Key West, and uh, that's fine, but that pretzels aren't Key West, and hot dogs aren't Key West, and popcorn's not Key West, and guacamole and salsa is not Key West, and all these other things are not Key West. I mean, he really, he, he sells conch fritters and key lime pie, so he's got the main Key West foods <laughs> there, you know, so I don't know what he expects anyone else to sell, or if he just doesn't want anyone else to sell, but anyway, so I've been dealing with with that and trying to make sure that I am on completely on the up and up with everything that I do, minding my P's and Q's and all that kind of thing, which I am of the least of their worries down there. Um, but last night, whenever I went in, there was a new food vendor that set up directly kind of across the, the ramp from the, the entryway to me. So I was the next closest vendor to her, um, but there was a walkway separating us. And she was a new vendor. She's selling conch salad, which is a big thing down here. And she's selling, uh, now adding on fish tacos. Now, those are two items that I personally think should do very well. The problem is they also have a very high cost. And so if she's having to buy a lot that doesn't sell, she's going to end up eating her lunch in cost. And so... Um, one of the things I wanted to make sure I did as another fellow food vendor meeting or seeing her there for the first time is I wanted to make sure that I was helpful and friendly and made her know that I was definitely not viewing her as competition. We sell two different, I mean, completely different products. Mine's a novelty product, like an afterthought, a snack. Hers is, is actually real food. So many of the people that would buy from her would also not be the same people that would be buying from me. And so, um, but I could also tell she had put a lot of money into her cart. She had a beautiful new cart. Um, there was some issues she was having. I think she said that her, I noticed immediately when she set her cooler down, her cooler didn't have a lid on it. And she said it blew off on the way in. And uh, she had a helper, oh, I think it was her boyfriend there, that was helping her. And they, they were just kind of standing around their cart. Their cart is where they're, they're doing it at ground level. Mine kind of, you step up into it. But they were at ground level. And so they kind of didn't know what really to do and so um, when we it looked like we both had kind of gotten set up and there it was still before the crowd came in I went over 
and introduced myself and you know said I, I see you're new what do you have and what are you selling and how's it been going and I just talked and she said it's, it's been really slow and I tried to encourage her you know hang in there uh, it will get better this is the slow season you did the same thing I did and started at the, the absolute worst time of the year and so um, I told her I didn't have any secrets for how to make it work but I would be willing to share anything that I had anything that I knew and would definitely you know help her in any way possible so uh, it wasn't too long later whenever she came over to my booth excitedly with a $20 bill in her hand and said do you have change can I get change so she had finally sold something and someone paid with a $20 bill and she didn't have any change and so um, I gave made change for her and gave her you know ten of five and five ones and get, gave that to her and then maybe an hour later she you know she had the same issue coming up where she had uh, sold something else and didn't have change and so and that's absolutely fine I have no problem um, making change for people and so I was glad to do it and then later on I saw that she was uh, they were standing up and standing up and the, the guy was kind of trying to straddle the ice chest with no lid on it and it was, oh this got me uncomfortable and I happen to have I keep a lawn chair um, stashed underneath my uh, one of the shelves in my cart and so no one was using it because I was the only one there and so it was sitting there unused and I finally called one of them over and I said I have an extra chair if you'd like to use it and they're like oh okay a chair so I gave them the chair and um, it was at some point in time later on once it got dark she came back over she came running back over excitedly and she said I sold out a conch salad and I'm like wonderful that is so awesome um, and so she had finally sold out a conch salad which is huge because what that meant was number one she had no waste that night but number two that she felt a little bit of success and I said so do you feel like this is a better night than you, you've been having and she said this is the best night I've had by far and I said wonderful 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 and then um, so I was able to help help her celebrate the small victories and then her boyfriend came over later on to bring back the chair and uh, essentially he said you know what are you do what are you doing and how you know how's it been going for you and we kind of had a conversation about that and you know the thing is and this I, I don't know too much about the girl but I know that she had been working some construction and done some different jobs and like everyone else she is putting her main job focus into being down there and being on Mallory and so that's one of the things whenever somebody leaves a job granted construction is a hard job especially down in the Key West Sun but when they do that they also need a certain amount of money to replace it and with a high cost product I think with her fish tacos um, she's got mahi mahi in it and right now I think in the retail mahi mahi goes for about $13.99 a pound for where she's getting it and then she also has conch now conch is a difficult one because you can't even get conch in the United States because um, farming it or getting it harvesting it here has become illegal so what happens is is that they have to import it from um, the Caribbean and so it comes in big frozen blocks and you have to buy it in like you know 25 pound blocks and so it's very expensive and so um, I hope that definitely hope that she succeeds I think the more people that are down there that are succeeding the more uh, it's the better it is for everyone 
down there and because people will eventually it will be known as a place where you can come and sample great food and try great things and so so anyway um so what i so that's kind of been my, my the summary of what's been going on down at uh, mallory square and it looks like we've got a week of great weather and i'm planning on being down there every night and i'll keep updating you on what's going on um, at the same time um we have November 2nd through the 9th is the World Superboat Speed Races, which they have in Key West Harbor. And during those days, um, the city will allow us to come in early. You know, normally sunset, you can't sell like before 5 o'clock or something like that. You can sell all the way through sunset. But they will allow us to come in early during the day and sell essentially concessions. So I can sell Coke and and, and uh, snacks that are prepackaged and processed that I normally would not be able to sell d during the sunset celebration in Mallory Square. So I'm looking for that to help give me uh, income boost for the month of November. It's early in the month. Yay, it's before the mortgage payments due. So that's always a positive thing. Um, so that I'm looking to get me um, a little bit of a boost. And then hopefully by that time, I will also have my, uh, be in the process of having my new signage up. And I will have my lights uh, on my trailer, that, on, my, on my cart that are going to be um, helping with that. And then I'll also have all the misters and stuff set up. So I'm planning on being down there every night this week and being, uh, just trying different things. And one of the things that I'm really focusing on this week is trying to get those samplers to buy. And so I'm going to be focused very heavily on doing that. So I will let you know what I do and how I, my pitch turns out. I'm also going to be focused on branding because um, I need to uh, refine my pitch with that. And this is something that I think any uh, business would do. I mean, you, you, you know, you go into a Moe's Southwest Grill, and they all say welcome to Moe's. I mean, that's kind of their brand. You go into, um, you know, other places. Chick-fil-A is the, the, it's my pleasure. <laughs> so, uh, you know, whatever you say, it's their pleasure. And so it's just, I'm at the stage where these are the kind of things that I need to be worried about. And these are the kind of things that I need to be solidifying in order for, um, to accomplish everything I want to with my business. I need this to be um, a six-figure business. I would love to even get to the point where I could, uh, you know, franchise it at some point someday because I think it's a great product. It's a great um, thing for uh, a market. I could see it going well at uh, venues and ball games and fairs and festivals and uh, other places where they do street vending. And so it would be a really cool thing to do. So I will let you know how it goes. Um, and then I've also got some um, some things we'll be talking about later on in the week um, in this podcast dealing with my experience in, uh, with Cryopop is I have not really engaged anyone locally to do uh, for any type of publicity or uh, marketing or anything like that yet. So I've got my Facebook page that I haven't even put out there to my friends yet, and I will be doing that. Um, also putting it out there as far as locally, and I need to figure out what I'm going to do to get people locally to come down and try it and get it in front of people. Um, I've also got a monthly women's night out that's coming up in a few weeks um, that I will definitely, hopefully, <laughs> I definitely, hopefully, that's that's great. Uh, <laughs> I will try to be able to get to a point where I can give away samples of what I'm doing and make it there because when people see it made, it's really, it's a neat thing. It's fun and it's something that nobody, uh, the average 
home chef and home kitchen person cannot cannot make in their own kitchen so because of the liquid nitrogen so anyway so that's what I'm going to be focused on that's what I'll keep you up to date on um, if anyone has any experience and I did have a lady come by last night and she said oh I tell you sampling works and I said I sure do hope so and she said I know I used to work at Hickory Farms well you know Hickory Farms back in the day when I was a kid man if you went to the mall you wanted to go by Hickory Farms because they had that tray out there with the cheese and the summer sausage and the crackers and it was I mean no one else was doing that and so they kind of pioneered the sampling and now you know I thought well you know what if I was going to Sam's Clubs or Costco or whatever and I hit it when they've got all the sample ladies there you know you essentially don't even have to buy a meal that day you can just kind of stroll through the aisles and sample so I know I know sampling is effective but I've got a unique situation in that I've got a sample and I'm needing an immediate purchase after trying the sample so I think part of that is also making the sample small enough that it leaves people wanting more um, and it also has to be a really good sample I can't skimp on the samples so so those are things I'm going to be uh, keeping you up to date on as the day goes on and as the week goes on and trying to give you more insight into what's going on with my business and what I'm doing with it and uh, if you have any ideas or any uh, you want to keep up with us and you want to keep following us, um, you can go to our Facebook page. It's uh, facebook.com and it's Cryopop Key West. And you can follow us there. Every night I try to post some um, sunset pictures or what's going on down on Mallory Square. Um, so the busier I am, the fewer pictures I post. So if, if there's a night when I have very few pictures, then uh, clap for me because that's been a good night because I haven't had a chance to take many pictures. And then um, you can also follow us on Twitter if you're a Twitter user. It's, uh, again, at CryopopKeyWest. And you can follow us there. We also post pictures and, and things like that there. Um, and also get some uh, pictures, hopefully, from our customers that are tagging us with the smoked at Mallory hashtag. So if you want any, me to see anything, you can also tag your stuff with that. Um, you can also find us on our, our uh, website, which is www.cryopop.com. And uh, you can catch us there and find out more about what we do and what I'm working on there. And I'm going to continue to let that website evolve and get more information on there. But it's it's the shell of what we have going on right now. And so if you have any questions or anything you need to uh, share with me, you can hit me those places. You can also email me, Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-Y, at cryopop.com, C-R-Y-O. Pop.com. So, help me, uh, help me figure out my dilemmas and give me any feedback or advice that you have. If you have any experience with what I'm going through, and uh, how to turn those sample customers into buying customers, then I would really love that. I love the buzz I'm getting. I love the reactions I'm getting. I love the way people are interacting with my product. I know I have something special based on that. I just need more of the same. So. Anyway, so I'm very excited about that and thrilled to have you follow me on my journey. So thanks for joining us again on the Brick and Mortar Reporter, and we'll see you tomorrow with more updates. I've also got more interviews coming up at the end of the week with some uh, really neat entrepreneurs that are doing some different things. So uh, stay tuned for that, and thanks again for joining us. Thank you for listening to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we build businesses all day long with no permits. Remember, local businesses are the backbone of our economy. So, whenever you have the opportunity, choose local.